can you tell me a little bit about the you know the underlying mo- honor code tell me the fight club rules perfect so it's very very simple uh, everything that happens on the call it stays on the call right so that's it if you exist outside the startup community you may be surprised by how small and how well connected it is the startup ecosystem its founders investors employees tend to live in specific neighborhoods tend to be overrepresented at specific cafes and in specific housing complexes they tend to be from similar colleges the metaphors they use are often the same and they are often computer based the startup ecosystem is a tightly knit community and a culture and it sits at the cusp of competition and collaboration with an honor code a solidarity and a belonging this week's episode is about something that builds on this ethos of close competition and collaboration some call them discrete reference checks some call them back channels some call them ghost reference checks I'm your host Sneha and in this week's Cost to Company a weekly podcast from the Ken about work and workplaces we are going to talk about what these are why they are growing rapidly how they are done and what you need to do about it the criticality and the importance of the reference checking process has become much more post pandemic this is harold d'souza director of walkwater's talent advisors in bangalore it is harold who first told me that he had doubled the number of reference checks he does when he recommends a hire to a client i think what happened in the at least in the post pandemic phase was that uh, a lot of new roles got created a lot of new companies got created and uh, uh, many people got really senior level jobs and titles that they wouldn't have got in a normal industry phase in the boom years of 2020 2021 and early 2022 startups were hiring aggressively and competing with each other for talent and one hiring strategy was to give employees inflated job titles often well beyond the skills and abilities of that employee the the larger organizations the larger companies still uh did talent acquisition and hiring in a very serious involved focused detailed manner but uh, a lot of the startups in the early stage or even the mid stage companies um uh, did a lot of hiring in not so much of a thoughtful manner harold says he just doesn't trust job titles in startups anymore to tell him what the person's actual scope of work was there were a lot of people who got jobs and titles that they did not that they would not have qualified for in a normal market cycle it was an abnormal market cycle uh, jobs titles salaries all three um, so it was an abnormal market cycle in that sense and uh, in the interview process you can maybe get to 70% of of that information but the reference checking process uh, and more more than formal reference checking a discrete reference checking process will really uh, give you 
the you know a more complete picture of an individual's capability uh, of an individual's track record and whether they really qualify for the role that you are trying to fill into the company enter the discrete reference check different from the background verification which is just double checking the facts like did this person qualify from college are there police cases against them is this her address that's background verification it is also different from a formal reference which is when an employer asks a candidate for references and the candidate lists the senior most person who likes them a discrete reference check is when the recruiter uses their own personal contacts their own back channels to solicit candid insights about a prospective employee the candidate won't ever hear about it because harrell discounts the job title as a measure of a candidate's skill he uses reference checks deep discrete reference checks to evaluate what a candidate can actually do and what their level of skill and experience really is we did twice the number of discrete ref checks or we are currently doing rather uh, than we used to do in our work earlier um, so and i so it's much much more important for us to do deeper and disc- and more uh, you know deeper uh, and more number of discrete ref checks a formal reference check is due process a discrete reference check is meaningful conversation a formal reference check will tell you how fast a person grew compared to others in the organization a discrete reference check will tell you why the person grew fast within the organization in two simple words it is information versus insight you get information in a formal ref check you don't necessarily get insight but in a discrete ref check you actually get insight and information both right so and that is what helps you to make the right hiring decision especially in a market like this next you'll hear from sufia who confirmed that this was a larger pattern he runs a talent acquisition community called talent deck he says he's now regularly inundated with requests to connect people to those who could give honest and discrete reference checks it is happening before reach outs given the ecosystem is well knit it has come a lot more closer than we have, you know where we were you essentially end up reaching out to people to get a ref check on someone before you even reach out to make that pitch call uh because you want to be mindful of that 30 minutes 45 minutes that you put your heart out to pitch someone i would honestly jump the gun and saying that most founders these days do not hire without reference checks Both Harold and Sufi confirm that the number, the frequency, and the use of discrete reference checks has gone up at higher levels of hiring. But what's happening at lower levels? To talk about that, we have twenty-four-year-old Vinayak, founder of Byte Speed, a Sequoia-backed startup that he founded when he was still at Bitspilani three years ago. So we actually we've not hired for like a lot of senior roles. So a lot of the hiring we've done is actually folks who've uh, been in like let's say more. um junior to mid level roles uh, but regardless the process stays the same um we like to do uh, five to six ref checks uh, if we can uh, but if not at least three um in terms of what we test for uh, with these ref checks every employee at a startup matters and so startups tend to do reference checks at even lower levels of hiring I met Rahul Chaudhary founder of Trebo last week listeners of CTC please forgive me I was not able to record the me- meeting and bring you his voice but 
Rahul did tell me that even at the lowest levels of hiring, he does at least one discrete reference check. And he finds discrete reference checks especially useful for hiring sales and tech staff. Salesmen tend to be very good at charming interviewers, so a discrete reference check can give a more realistic picture that would otherwise appear. And often, the most effective tech talent is not the best at selling itself. A discrete reference check tells the measure of a hire in these instances more accurately than an interview. About four years ago, when I first started working for startups in a more detailed capacity, I think the norm was that the ref checks cleared. There was never any doubt if the ref checks were going to clear or not. These days, as especially recruiters, you know, who are waiting for a closure, um, recruiters will tell you that they have stopped counting on those ref checks to clear, which means that a lot of ref checks are often not clearing. Uh, people are giving more honest feedback. Um, I think what is starting to happen a lot more now isn't that so much the people give bad ref checks, but they're giving more realistic ones. This is Yashna, partner at a talent acquisition firm called Metamorph. Discrete reference checks are something of her speciality. What it sounds to me like what you're saying is that the ref checks themselves have become more honest while being less judgmental. Both. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I would like to believe so. Which brings us to how the reference checks are done. And the first question has to be who is doing the reference checks? Who are other people who are helping and working on back, uh, on uh, discrete ref checks? The primary stakeholders involved are founders, CXOs uh, and people leaders. That's I, At least I would like to believe these are the only three people. I have never seen it going apart from this three set of folks to anyone else. Like it, is, it is very hard for a manager to do the ref check. Most of the people I spoke to said that a discrete reference check works best when the founder is doing it. But CXOs also do it. And on occasion, a third party like Harold's Walkwater, Yashna's Metamorph are brought in to do the job. People respond best when they believe that the stakes are high. Most of the times we have uh, companies that have internal HRs, um, founders sometimes like to do ref checks themselves. So it's not necessarily that they go through us, but we do encourage them to go through us because um, we do have a little bit more experience in being able to get those details out uh, in ways people realize are a bit more open with third parties. Um, is that, is that the case? I thought it would be the reverse. I feel that they are more open with the third party because they are not so, you know, the thing at the top of their mind isn't that whatever I say is going to have an impact on this person's decision. So automatically they open up a bit more. But if they are talking directly to a founder or to an HR person, I feel sometimes they do try to sugarcoat things. Uh, They're not as open about it. The next question is who do you reach out to to do the discrete reference check? It depends on the specific question you're looking to answer. Uh, if you're hiring for a people role, right? Or I mean, if you're hiring for a people manager role, I would probably love to connect to someone who used to report to them. Uh, and that's where I was coming to, right? Identify what the problem is and then make the correction. So in my head, there are three types of people that you can get reference from. One is your manager to understand how this person has been able to perform. Uh, and again, right, you can touch multiple sort of uh, uh, pointers there as well. 
this the second is pure right if if you work in a team which has high collaboration like like for example a group team right so valuable insight can come from a reportee a manager or a peer depending on the question that needs answering it is also recommended to reach out either to people who have left the company the candidate is currently working in or to ask someone in a business the candidate has already left rahul of tribo yashna of metamorph sufyan of talent deck all recommend reaching out only to people you can trust for a truly discreet reference but vinayak says he's found that even strangers in the community are honest founders who do not know him have also been happy to help we have these uh, cold calling tools right like for sales where you can actually take out phone number database and call up people we do that for fx <laughs> so it actually uh, really yeah like there's like a simple uh, lucia extension that you can use you can go to somebody's linkedin and get their phone number you call them up <laughs> so we also reach out to people directly uh, over linkedin uh, or email uh, saying that hey you worked with this person um, and we just want to speak to you for 10 15 minutes to understand your experience working with them how responsive they are there as also their interesting indicator there's some consensus on what makes a good question and it is this the more specific the question the more likely it is to yield a useful answer about 60 to 70% of these referrals are never focused on technical credibility they like hey we have enough of interviews we have checked for that it's generally on culture fitment it's generally to understand if someone is value driven if someone has taken up a high ownership if someone can be independent it's more on eq it's, it's more on softer skills than harder skills i asked sufi to play out a question he would ask in a discreet reference check listening to this made me feel very vulnerable this is a very common question that we uh, sort of keep getting uh, we try to paint a situation where you explain the situation saying that hey sneha uh, we are hiring sufian for a community lead role now a community lead role is a remote role for us based in sf uh, and sufian is going to operate remotely with very less overlap with the indian team uh, which means for about 90% of the time he'll be a sole ranger right so now the context is set uh, i know that you have worked with sufyan in the past uh, one do you think a role like this is something that sufyan would enjoy doing uh, we have spoken to him he looks really exciting uh, and uh, you know he is honestly one of the most promising candidates you have spoken so far but given this is a little critical for us you want to be absolutely sure of uh, you know how does sufyan fit in this role so now sneha's answer to this is not biased by anything like sneha is like hey, you know what looks like they're fairly positive this is what i have to say right uh, my follow up question here is oh that's great right uh, i i think this is super helpful uh, sneha now given sufyan also has to manage a small team uh, which is based out of two different continents again do you or rather can you help me with uh, how has been your experience or have you heard from sufyan's ex you know teammates on his management style in in our interview process it came out that he's a fairly uh, you know independent uh, thinking manager right like honestly he he gives enough space for someone to work around but we want someone to be a little more structured for this role given there's a lot of async communication uh, now in this case given you have had an overlap with him do you think this is a right fit for him uh, because the previous role was very in office setup this is a complete remote role and do you think he can thrive in a setup like this right now again 
here my outcome is to understand if sufyan can handle a remote team because he has not done that earlier uh, now the third one which for me was a red flag when i spoke to sufyan was sufyan kept focusing on the fact that uh, he he has a you know he has a newborn baby and in every single conversation he he brought this thing up that hey work life balance is important uh, you know and while it was while we understand what work life balance is but for a role like this because you work across multiple continents you want to be double sure that sufyan is walking into this prepared right like there might be you know times where he'll have to sort of extend take calls at odd hours so my question is uh, sneha do you remember of any situations where sufyan has actually gone above and beyond to make sure that things don't get impact despite you know what happens on the other side of his life right uh, you know i'm sure you also know that sufyan has a new father uh, do you remember anything like this uh, i know sufyan also got married when he was working with you uh, anything that you can think about so these are the kind of questions i understand because i now had a very clear problem statement i was hiring sufyan for a particular role i know what i wanted to test on versus randomly walking saying hey we are hiring sufyan what do you think now here vinayak's version of the discrete reference check do you work with this person um on xyz um what are their superpowers so they'll talk about superpowers and then we'll get deep into okay um can you give some examples of recent projects you worked on where this this came out uh so you're going deep on the good things first post that you say okay um no person is perfect uh and we want to understand what are the things that are not yet superpowers for this person right uh, what are the kinds of things they might need mentoring on uh, what are the kinds of roles uh they would do well in and not do well in because we're trying to find a good place for them uh in in the company and make sure we set them up for success so this that's how you frame it uh to make sure that it's not coming out as like a as like bad mouthing um for somebody they know right um so this is this is generally how we do it which of these do 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 you tend to get more questions about when you when you when you're doing these checks leadership and culture these are two uh, very important ones where uh, if at the mid level and senior level we definitely get asked a lot to ask about these two things because these are the things that an early stage startup really if they hire the wrong person with these two qualities then it sets them back quite a bit interpreting the reference check is an art not a science yeah so essentially what's going to happen is like let's say if you worked with somebody who was great right uh and those are the kinds of people you're trying to hire uh if somebody reaches out for a reference check uh they will be like yes uh this is like really really amazing like this is the best person um i've i've uh, worked with like that's what you want to hear so every time they um see even a linkedin message that mentions that person um they would want to make sure that that person does well and they would sort of quickly get back uh what's a bad sign is you reaching out to people and uh them not responding uh the reason they're doing that is generally because um they don't want to bad mouth the person people seldom give overtly negative discrete reference checks though sometimes they do often they will soften a blow by saying this was a long time ago and i don't know how this person has evolved since or i'm unsure about these parts of his skill or they might not respond to a request at all yashna says that the kind of information they share can also be telling so how do you read between the lines what what is a red flag to you what is not 
I think um, when people tend to use very descriptive language, a lot of adjectives, um, then I I personally feel that they might be overstating or watering down the state of events. Uh, the best way to get to the details of something is to ask for examples. Give me an example where they did this. Give me an example where they weren't able to do this. Um, then you really get to the details of how that person was on a day-to-day basis or in a reaction-based scenario. Since this is an art, not a science, one builds instinct by doing this over and over and listening more and more carefully. In many ways, this reveals how startup communities are fundamentally different from larger corporations. Let's say and if you was hiring from an HUL or a PNG, these companies are so large that they have very strict processes on how ref checks are done. So if I wanted to do a ref check on a prior employee from there, I'll have to email their HR. Their HR is going to take their own sweet time to get back to me. Then they'll send me a form. There's much less collaboration between larger businesses than among smaller ones. If you want to get good ref checks, you have to give good ref checks also. So it's a little bit of that shared feeling that because eventually, like you said, it's not just that it's a tight knit community, but it's also a restrictive talent pool. If you're hiring from someone, uh, chances are eventually at some point or the other, that company is going to hire someone from you. So that feeling of, okay, fine, let's not be bloody minded about this. I'm going to tell you the truth so that in the future, if I need some information from you, you will also tell me the truth. There is a cost to dishonesty. One's own future hiring is on the line. And Yashna says there's other reasons startups tend to be more collaborative. The founders can't be competitive with each other because if one fails, they tend to bring many others down with them. And that kind of nature of camaraderie has to be there. So because this has been... um, you know, a value that has been instilled in our founders right from the beginning, they're also therefore very open with information like this. This perfect mirroring of incentives, this quid pro quo logic is what brings an honor code and discretion to a sensitive process. So now if I didn't want to reveal to my organization that I'm looking, I've applied to a bunch of places. Uh, Now that founder gets in touch with you and says, bhai, you know, put me in touch with someone she's currently working with and you do and then that person comes to me and say, says hey you know aisa call aaya tha. does that damage my relationship with the business and more often than not it does not play against the person because the person giving the ref check is also sensible enough right like uh, the person also goes in thinking hey you know what uh, if someone has come back asking this, uh, you make sure you maintain that decorum, right? Uh, now, this this decorum piece can be maintained because of that first level connect. If I do a random reach out, it becomes tricky, right? Like, if I reach out to someone on LinkedIn to say, hey, you know what, there's a revenue manager for Mintra that has applied to a company, an e-commerce company, I want a ref check. So, it's like a social capital yes, arbitrage. it is. Like, someone, you know, if all people are protecting their own social capital um benefiting from the social capital um and that's the uh, that is what is being yeah. created so yeah. stay tell you how does this actually play uh for us right because look people think that 
people leaders hr leaders are the first people you should be in you know good relationship with because in markets turns out these are the people you can reach out and call for on hey you know what can you refer me somewhere etc so that also plays to our advantage by the way they like hey explain okay so people would want to have a good relation uh with with recruiters with, recruiters, with at least well known people leaders who are well connected because in their head they are like hey you know what uh if i ever need a job i can ping sufi right and i have played out a favor for him and he will do it for me right and obviously we do that uh and that works exceptionally well in our case that works exceptionally well in our case there's also just community the joy of belonging of making connections of building trust of empathizing with one another i think uh, there are lots of sub communities you know like for example we have um, all the founders of the ecosystem who are bloom portfolio have their own sub committee they have other investors all across the board but they identify as a bloom founder because that's a community they are part of alternatively they might also be part of communities let's say for example there's a founder uh who has a fintech company they will be part of the fintech founders community so they might be in that way there are lots of like sort of venn diagrams that are happening with these founder communities so there's always some crossover there's always a founder who will know a third part founder uh the degrees of separation are not even up to 6 i don't think someone working in talent acquisition said that in bangalore there one at most <laughs> at most i would totally find that believable In many ways the discrete reference check is designed to take agency away from the candidate. He or she doesn't get to influence what happens through these back channels. What should we do given that this is the new reality, right? And what you're yeah. saying is be honest, be upfront, state everything. Uh eventually people are complicated enough and nuanced enough to dig deeper and figure out, you know, whether you're worth it. Um and yeah. the second thing you're saying is that um uh you can't resist this and you can be more honest yeah and uh, because things we have a tendency to come out you know okay yeah and, uh, and 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 so we have to accept that this is a new reality which means we have less and less incentive now to end things on a poor note when we leave a business we have more incentive than ever to be kinder to those who report to us who work with us and who we report to because who knows when network effects kick in and that person is called in to vouch for our values and culture finally there's an, there's one last matter we haven't yet addressed sometimes there are indiscretions in the discrete reference process what happens if during the process of a discrete reference check the wrong person gets the call someone misjudges their circle of trust and your employer finds you're looking for jobs you're on the market even though you've said nothing internally if you ever find yourself in a tricky situation like this this is yashna's piece of advice if you are in a place where you're stuck you're you're called into a meeting with your manager and your manager outright says hey i know you're looking for a job and um i've been reached out for a ref check and how dare you they could be very angry so in that situation we tell the candidate that focus not on the fact that you are leaving but what pushed you to leave in the first place and you know if that the conversation is going as such if you can backtrack and say look i'm happy to not 
consider moving out if this is a big problem in my life right now and if you can help me solve it but i sincerely hope no candidate is ever in this situation because backtracking from that is hard discreet reference checks are built on networks of trust when job titles see so little about a candidate's work recruiters are turning to relationships built on trust to separate a good candidate from someone who just got lucky in boom time everyone we spoke to confirms that there is an increasing culture of honest discreet reference checks because the incentives are perfectly aligned if i'm honest now you will be honest when i need a discreet reference check from you giving and helping is also a way of belonging and a way of spreading one circle of influence and the art of asking the right questions and interpreting an answer has to do with the precision of the question and the unspoken cues in the answer like how quickly the response came and in all these ways the discreet reference check a function of the market and the community is perched in perfect balance between cooperation and competition This episode of Costa Company was written, hosted and produced by Sneha Vakaria with audio engineering by Rajiv CN. Are you a 30 something in a product and a technology role? Say at a mid or a senior level position at a series B company. Maybe you've even got a salary hike of 30% or more in the past 3 years. And you currently draw a salary of more than 50 lakhs per annum. If you fit this description more or less you might be in a pickle because you could be one of those professionals whose salaries are out of sync with the reality of the startup market right now basically you might be overvalued in the same way your startup once was and in the absence of a valuation correction like the one your company just went through you might even be and unhireable as harsh as that sounds on the next episode of cost a company we'll discuss the rise of unhireables in the startup world i'm your other host aksha thank you for listening to cost a company rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts it really makes a difference 